This is episode 13, Being a Better Man with Sean Cook. Welcome to Sophia on Earth. I'm your host, Sophia. I'm a coach, entrepreneur, and yoga teacher, and I help women lead from their feminine in their relationships and in business. On this podcast, we talk about what it means to be human and how each of us gives the human experience meaning and makes it work for them. Connect with me at sophiaonearth.com or via Instagram at sophiaonearth and let me know how you are making the human experience work for you. Today's guest is Sean Cook. Sean is a personal transformation coach for men. He helps them make the meaningful change that they know they're here to make. Hi, Sean. Hello. How's it going today? It's going well. I'm excited to be here with you. Absolutely. Me too. I'm, I'm very excited for this. Cool. Let everybody know where you're based. I am based in northern Canada in a town that calls itself a city called Whitehorse. Um, which most people have no idea where it is. So I tell them it's tucked right next to Alaska. Okay. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. And before we dive in, I always like to give people a little bit of context, how we uh, know each other. And then I would also love to hear just a little bit about your story. So we are both currently students at the Elementum Coaching Institute. So I'm a coach, you're a coach. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that will come through in our conversation. And with that being said, tell us a little bit about your story, specifically how you got into coaching. I know you've done many other things in your life. So we really want to know. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to make this long enough so it's interesting and short enough so I don't bore you. Um, basically, I spent most of my 20s and into my 30s, uh, very depressed, suicidal, um, daily, often hourly thoughts of ending things and not wanting to be here. And, um, and I had a pretty good life. I had good partnerships. I had good friends. I had a good job. Um, and so I couldn't figure it out. And I, you know, I, did a lot of reading, like I've always been pretty introspective, did a lot of reading about how to do these things, how to improve, how to get out of depression. And nothing really stuck with me until I joined a men's group. And I credit my younger brother, who was actually in a men's group before me with with getting me involved. And joining this men's group, I cannot understate how much it has changed me and how much it has helped me uh, improve who I am and remember who I am really. And through joining this men's group, I learned the power of support. I learned the power of being witnessed. I learned the power of honest and challenging curiosity towards people. 
because I think that is the part that truly helped me the most was not, oh, hey, you're doing great. You know, Sean, just have compassion for yourself, which is huge. Of course, we all know that. But it was when the men said, Sean, you're doing the same stupid stuff over and over and over again. What are you going to do about it? And so through this men's group, I credit the support of these men with helping me get out of my own depression. And then I started my own men's group here in Whitehorse. And after, I think it was just over a year, a few of the men in in my group asked me, hey, Sean, would you do this one-on-one with me? So I felt extremely honored. And I said, yes, and um, stumbled my way through what the reality of doing it one-on-one is compared to being in a group. Learned a lot along the way and took a couple of courses. And um, I've now been doing it for a year and a half. And I feel extremely blessed to be able to call myself a coach and to help people, specifically men, um, remember how great they are and then go and be that. Mm, I love that. I feel like that's so powerful because there is this almost like movement out there of like, men are like this and you can't trust them and all the things, right? And I don't think responsibility is helpful, but pulling people down and generalizing in that way isn't. So I love, love, love that. Yeah, actually, can I speak into that just a little bit? Please. Um, yeah, so this, this men are like this thing is something that men have taken on deeply because of the culture that you know, I'm, I'm going to assume ages here a little bit, but that, that we grew up in, the era that we grew up in, um, where most of the work that men do is not out in the fields, is not a place where you can, you know, bring your son to help you work, right? It's pretty boring to bring a, a 10-year-old kid into an office to watch you type on a computer. And so, Men were raised by very well-meaning women. Like, I, I don't want to disparage women at all. But we were taught that, yeah, men are like this. Men are or can be rapists. Men are take advantage of people. Men, when their anger gets out of hand, assault people. And so rather than men growing up with role models to say, that is what a man, a man can be. We grew up with, this is what a man shouldn't be. Mm. And so a lot of men of our generation have grown up being, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And so we don't know who we actually are. We know what we don't want to be, but we don't know who we are. Powerful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Can you speak a little bit about the process of transitioning into doing this full time and like taking on clients one-on-one? Because I know that 
just from my own experience, it's a step. And I think it's very helpful for, for people to get a sense of some of the steps you've been taking, some of the things that really work for you and just to kind of ground yourself into this new phase of your life that you started a year and a half ago. Yeah. So first, I will say that moving from a group setting into a, you know, I have my groups as well, beyond my just just my men's group, but into a one on one setting um, is surprisingly vulnerable. <laughs> Within a group of men where we are all peers. I don't have to be on all the time. I can just listen. I can learn from others, which in my one-on-one -on -one setting, I'm always learning from my clients as well. But I had to learn really how to take care of myself and really learn to truly be myself and tap into myself because there is no hiding in one-on-one -on -one coaching. I had to become a me that is so grounded in myself, my purpose, my intuition that I don't need to hide anymore. And, I, and I've done that through, you know, several things. Uh, the long and the short of it is strong personal practices, but I've learned from some incredible teachers. Um, the four master coaches with an Elementum are, are key to this. And I came to Elementum through the world of Preston Smiles. I originally, the first coaching course I took was with him. Um, and I have been actively within his world for a year and a half now and really his message really truly resonates with me and that is be you be unapologetically you and all of your gifts will shine through you and the world will resonate with that and give you the gifts back so i i now because I resonate so much with that program, I now coach within one of Preston's programs as well. But um, yeah, I kind of wandered there a little bit. So if you want to ask further, go right ahead. I love it. Um, it's funny because for me, I actually probably Preston was the first person I knew from the four of them. Um, mm -hmm. Since I have also like, I've kind of worked with all of them, but in like group settings and yeah it's always cool to see also which door somebody walked into in terms of um these four coaches and this container in terms of elementum so i love that what i'm curious about is what are two to three things that you've learned in the last year and a half about yourself about myself the first two 
are about action. And really, uh, it is discovering just how much I hid behind knowledge and information. And that I can know as many things as I possibly want, but until I actually do the things and put them into action, all I'm doing is repeating nice words and fooling myself into thinking that I have done the work. Uh, so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing, which is, has really been dropping in since I, um, since about Christmas, if not before, and, and that is um, really learning how addicted I have been to playing the victim. And the victim is, of course, everything is happening to me. I am powerless against it. And look at me struggle. And that's the one that was key for me. Look at me struggle. Because throughout my life, I've, I've had this calling, this knowing of like, man, I can be pretty great. Like I, I have greatness within me. But this victimhood, this struggle allowed me to stay hey, look at all of these things that are happening to me that is making my life challenging. And I would tell people about them. And they would say, wow, Sean, you're going through so much. You're doing so great. And that greatness that they were telling me, it was this external validation of like, oh yeah, you're doing good. I'm going to pat you on the head, but you're not actually living to your fullest potential. And it is this addiction to um struggle that then gets me this external validation because quote unquote i have so much going on and i'm still doing so much that i'm doing good but really all i'm doing is i'm putting these struggles in my way so that i can get that validation rather than just allowing myself to say yeah life happens and i can keep moving i can be great I can have that validation from myself. I don't need it from others. So those are kind of the, the two big things that I have learned in the last year and a half. Love it. What is something that is really real for you right now? Well, right now I am going through quite the evolution, growth, um, so for since 2013, I joined a fire department on a volunteer basis and pretty quickly I said, Hey, this is awesome. I love this. I want to be a fireman. And I spent the next four years becoming a fireman. I got a full-time job. 
And that was on a, on a term basis. I was replacing someone who was on their maternity leave. And then I replaced someone who was injured. And this was actually one of the catalysts for the men's group as well. And I'll, I'll get to, to now shortly, but uh, my contract ended. And since then, I have been keeping my foot in the door, um, doing the work, um, applying for jobs, trying to become a fireman. And I would say in the fall, some cracks in that I want to be a fireman started to show. And I realized that, I mean, A, it's a great stable job, <clears throat> excuse me, that pays well, has great hours. Um, you're being of service. Everybody loves firemen. Like all of these externally great things. And so cracks started to show in that. And then my five-year relationship, who I um, was actually about to re-proposed to we were engaged for a couple of years and we were at a point where it's like you know what let's let's redo this and re-propose and through a series of unfortunate events uh, we had a wonderful weekend that I had planned for this proposal but the ring actually didn't arrive before then so I wasn't able to do that and after this weekend it was almost like all of these masks and faces that we had not put on ourselves, but put on our relationship started to drop away. And both of us kind of realized, Hey, this, this relationship is good enough, but I don't want good enough. I want great. And so we've had a beautiful parting of ways since Chris, just after Christmas and all that to say is what is real for me right now is spring shoots, is new growth, is uh, allowing the old to fall away and discovering what is growing. Mm. Beautiful. I know that the seasons, we just learned about this. So the idea is basically that as humans, we go through these seasons, right? Winter, spring, summer, fall. And what I'm hearing and what you were just saying is that you are in a spring season, right? It's actually interesting because, because we, have, we are actively studying this right now. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting about it. Like, where, where am I? And... One of the purposes of winter, as you know, is to really reflect and get clear, or at least begin getting clear on where you're going. And spring takes that clarity and puts it into action. And so I am feeling myself actually kind of pulled right now in two directions. Like I'm feeling this action of newness and letting go of things. And the winter is still sitting there going, you're not quite done with me yet. There's still some reflection to be done here. So I'm 
I'm allowing myself to be a little patient right now of not jumping directly into let's do the things, let's be action and, and make things happen. That is of course happening as well, but I am also just allowing myself to sit in reflection. Mm, beautiful. And just for everybody listening who is not familiar with this model, while well, you, you do know just the seasons as such, um, well, depending on where you live, maybe, maybe not from experience, but um, like Sean was sharing, winter is like this time where you really get to go inward and reflect on what is this next version of me going to be. Spring is about still refining your vision, but getting into action. It's very high energy. Then summer is more about reaping the fruits of everything you've put out there in spring and then fall, you're getting into prep mode. You're preparing for the next winter season and those don't have to go in this order. Right. So just for some context and, you know, people tend to avoid winter. So it's beautiful that you are allowing yourself to really be with it and be present with it. Yeah, I think it's, um, It is a common theme for a lot of people. And I'll speak about men because that is, that is the world that I know, but it is very common for, for men to not do that because of all of these ingrained beliefs that, you know, we need to be the breadwinner. We need to have this clear vision and purpose and go out and do the thing. And we allow those external expectations and weights that we put on ourselves to also become internal. And I believe the seasons, while they have external results, are an internal process. And so when we just say, well, no, I need to go out and make money and do this thing and da 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 da, da we don't allow ourselves that, re that reflection time. Yeah. And it's so that and the reflection time is the scary part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. And at the same time, like it's so just so real in life and everything that there is like a cyclical nature to everything. So just leaning into that in general, whatever like the order of the seasons are or how they show up. Um, because you know we need to hibernate also to have more energy to go again and and reinvent ourselves so that's powerful we've talked a little bit about men i guess on your experience like obviously you're a man and also touched a little bit on relationships as well what do you think are some not just for men, but just speaking from your perspective, what are some pitfalls that particularly men fall into when it comes to relationships and being in, in partnership and those kind of things? I think it's the biggest pitfall that I see and and because relationships are a dance, I don't think um like one affects the other and i think that is polarization and depolarization 
Um, I know for me personally, my pattern is, is what I will call depolarization. And I'll just talk a little bit into this. So from my worldview, there are masculine and feminine energies and we are each our own unique balance of these two and what attracts two people just like magnets is the polarities right i I believe that we attract our uh, kind of equal and opposite right if i am heavily masculine i'm likely going to attract and be attracted to a heavily feminine woman if i am perhaps a more feminine man i will attract a more masculine woman and my or i shouldn't say man or woman right partnership whether it is man and man woman and woman man or woman all of that um my way of being in the world is traditionally very masculine looking you know, carpenter, then firefighter, um, entrepreneur, uh, teach people how to fall trees and do chainsaw stuff. Uh, All of these quote unquote masculine things. And when I am with myself, I feel very in tune with this masculine essence. But like I said, in, in relationship, my pattern is to depolarize, is to think that this masculine is too much and that I want, um, I want to be taken care of more. And, and so when I do that, and this is a common theme in relationships, when, when I do that, when I weaken my masculine essence and turn it down, make it a little less bright, in order to retain the balance in relationship, my partner has to strengthen her masculine essence. Um, And oftentimes this also therefore means weaken her feminine essence. So we are both a little bit uncomfortable with where we are as ourselves. And not only that, like the masculine wants to lead. And, And balks when that leadership is not there (laughs) so to speak back into my former relationship um i allowed her to lead in a lot of places in in our life which she was uncomfortable doing and she was asking me sometimes literally hey can you take the lead on this and because i had dimmed my masculine essence and was not able to tap back into it, I wouldn't take the lead. And yeah, I've, I've wandered a little bit here. Perhaps I'll pass the mic back to you and we can see where this takes us. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, I, I love this. I, I look at this the same way and uh, it has been really real for me as well in terms of realizing that being in my masculine and taking the lead on something actually doesn't feel good in my body at all. And I'm curious, why do you think that is that when you're in relationship, 
you dim that masculine a little bit? I think it is. Have you ever heard the term the nice guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the nice guy is. Um, You're also Canadian too, right? I am Canadian when we are very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hear. Yeah. So, so the nice guy is, is kind of, um, I don't know if archetype is the right word, but kind of a, an image of a man that is very present in men's work these days. And this is the man who I was kind of talking about earlier, who was raised by women to not do all of these uh, negative things that are the extreme expression of the masculine. And so for myself in relationship, it is very easy for me to want to be the nice guy, to, to please and, and do all of these things to not be the other thing, right? I'm, I'm afraid of, of hurting the feminine by being too aggressive, too dominant. I don't know if dominant is the right word, but like assertive, um, And so then because I want to please my partner rather than being confident in, hey, she was attracted to me and who I am and who I express in all of my mistakes, my glorious bumbles and all of this, she was still attracted to me. And yet my internal dialogue says, be careful. Don't be too much. If you, you know, if you make this, this big plan to go ahead, she might not like it. So do something that you know she'll like. And that is depolarizing, right? That is dimming my masculine essence. So the reason for, for me, and I see this in a lot of men, is that wanting to please rather than wanting to be What advice do you have for men who are maybe not, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but who are maybe just by how they were raised, their conditioning, all that stuff, more in their feminine and want to shift more into their masculine. Also, just because they know that deep down that's their essence and that that's what feels better in their bodies, right? And um, I say this often that feminine, masculine is not about gender, right? So it could yeah. be, yeah. there could be a person in a female body and their essence could be masculine, like, and there's nothing wrong with it. Often though, it's really like almost like a mask that we're wearing, right? Um, to protect ourselves or wherever it might come from. So for men, who want to tap more into their masculine, what advice do you have for them? Yeah. And, and thank you for, you know, mentioning that it, this is not man and woman, this is masculine and, and feminine. And like, I, I want to reiterate, like we all have our own balances of it and it is getting to know what your balance is. <clears throat> But in order to tap more into the masculine, there are a couple of things that we can do. The first one, I think every single man in my men's group said this to me before they joined or some form of this. 
I don't have a lot of male friends or I am uncomfortable around men or men scare me. And the first thing that we can do to tap back into our masculine is find those men that you look up to and be with men. There is something special that happens when men hang out with men and we drop all of the pretenses of wanting to impress the women. And just like, I'm certain there's something that's special that happens when women hang out with women. Um, so the first thing is be with men. That is why like, or at least one of the reasons why going out and for me, it's hockey, you know, playing hockey with the guys feels good. Another thing that we can do to tap more into our masculine core, as I call it, is challenge. Be in challenge. Um, the masculine likes overcoming. And if we can overcome, we are feeding that. And I mean, I, I could probably go on for this about for hours, but I think the last thing I'll say right here, because I have a question for you after this, um, is like ice baths and cold showers are becoming more popular. And this is something I would suggest is learn to be uncomfortable. Mm. Put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable. And like for me, when it's frozen up here, I love hopping in the lake right? Cut a hole in the ice, go hop in the lake, cold shower. It is learning to be in this discomfort and knowing that you will be okay is a very masculine thing to do. It's like, yeah, this sucks. And, and this, is, this is the healthy side of that struggle thing that I was talking about earlier. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and so out of, out of all of this, those th three things I would definitely suggest. Uh, actually, I'm going to add one more. And this is, this is actually tapping into the feminine in order to know the masculine. And that is get in touch with your feelings. Feel what your body is telling you. Listen inwards because only you know what is right for you and you will feel when you are tapping into that masculine core when that challenge is good and not ego driven but when you can tap into what is going on for you that's when you'll know what is you and what is external and the question that i have for you along these very same lines right you are speaking about how when you lead and you are in your masculine, it doesn't feel good in your body. I wonder if you could just expand on that, especially like if this episode is listened to by men, I would love for them to hear from a woman what that feels like for you when, when the guy is constantly like, well, no, just like, why, why don't you just do it? Or um, you know what, whatever you like. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll just hand that question right over to you. Yes. So I'll start with an example. Um, I was 
going on a date. And one thing that I try to practice when I go on a date, I, I want to be really embodied in my feminine, right? So I have like even practices that I do prior to really be in my body drop from my head into my heart. And the guy that I was going on the date with was saying, like, I should pick the place. And it felt so stressful because like having to make this decision. Yeah. Like I can pick a restaurant. I love restaurants, but especially in the setting of going on a date and it doesn't matter if it's a first date or like a regular relationship date, it just would feel so relaxing if the person I'm going on a date with would just say, here, I've got this, like, this is the place. This is when we're going to meet, not to decide for me, um, but just to give me the sense of who I got this. So I can like, I will notice in my body that, Oh, thank you. I can relax. I even mm-hmm. notice this with sometimes coaching settings when I'm being coached by a man or just friends when there is this energy presence of, I got this, it's really relaxed. Like I notice how my entire body is relaxing. Even now I'm noticing that I'm just like through us talking, I'm noticing that I'm a lot more relaxed in how I'm speaking. Although like this is my podcast and I'm asking you, but still you have like a presence to you that is kind of calming in a way. So I can be like, you know, I can just be here and I can take my time to formulate my question, to come up with my words. And it's just a, Mm. you know, sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Can I, can I ask you a little bit further about that? Because I want to just ask you, like, say this is a date and the man chooses a restaurant, great. And it turns out to be a really crappy restaurant. I want you to, I, I'm, I'm really curious of like, what your experience of that, like, hey, I'm held and maybe you could have picked better. Like from, from my, uh, you know, male perspective and my understanding, is like just that being held is enough. And I wonder if you can speak into that. Yeah, yeah. I can come with another example. Um, you can tell I've been on a lot of dates. It actually happened that I was a go- different person. I was going on a date. They did pick the restaurant and I looked at it on Google and I was like, this looks kind of weird um so and like a little bit sketchy um Mm -hmm. so that allowed me to tap into a different part of my feminine which is discernment and kind of speaking my truth so in a situation like that I would just say to be honest that looks a little bit sketchy to me so I I'd probably not feel very comfortable there can we go to a different place right and 
that is empowering and giving me a sense of ease in a different way because I can speak up for myself and I can, yeah, use this power of discernment, like knowing like even also my intuition, knowing like, mm, this is probably not a place where I feel comfortable or safe. And then speaking up in that way and being received in that mm -hmm. because yeah one way to handle that would be like you know don't create so many problems be you know you're making it complicated and yeah be way, the nice girl yeah be the nice girl why are you why are you being so complicated and another way is to be like oh my god thank you for sharing that like i appreciate that i'll pick a different place you know so yeah, there's like so many layers to it. And the overarching feeling is ease. Mm -hmm. And this for men is where that um, skill of being in discomfort comes into play, right? It is easy to here hey this place looks sketchy and or i don't really want to go here hear that as rejection as criticism of yourself but if you are comfortable in your masculine core and comfortable in discomfort perhaps you can hear this as exactly how i think you mean it like my intuition says no to this one I would love for you to choose a different one. Then you can say, okay, not that one. How about this one? Yeah. Yeah. And the sense of, I want to provide safety for you. Right. And if you yeah. feel like you're not going to feel safe in this place for whatever reason, then I don't want that for you. So, you know, so like coming from the sense of providing and, and wanting the feminine to feel safe and to feel held, which kind of goes back to where we started with that. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think that's a, a beautiful full circle thing of, you know, leadership and um, receivership almost is, is that like, the analogy that I have for the masculine and the feminine within myself is that the feminine is this beautiful rushing river and without any banks, it just goes everywhere. And it also, you know, it, instead of being deep and uh, full of life, it becomes this really, shallow stagnant thing but if you put beautiful riverbanks around it the masculine then this feminine can flow in all of her mysterious depth and beauty two places rather than just spreading out and being something that isn't that <laughs> mm. Ooh, i love that that's beautiful i might copy that sean absolutely take it and use it as you will <laughs> cool I will. for sure i'm curious 
because what I'm noticing, because I'm very good in my masculine, right? I, I just know that it doesn't feel good for me. But I am noticing that in my coaching, it's sometimes really helpful to mm-hmm. be able to go there mm-hmm. and be very, you know, like also just within myself, right? Because we want to be integrated. We want to be integrated in both parts within ourselves. But um, I'm curious how you use this wisdom in your coaching. Yeah, so... Um... I have been blessed to see both very masculine and both very feminine coaching. Um, My former partner, I I believe has just finished um, a year long coaching course that is very, very in the feminine. And it is really, really beautiful to see. Can you give an example it, so people get a sense of what that would yeah. be? Yeah. So there is a lot of space. There is a lot of allowing. And it is tapping into the inner wisdom that we have, not through logic, which is the masculine, but through, I will say creativity, mm-hmm. because that is an easier word to access. Um, and the language that it speaks is metaphor, right? So I'm, I'm sure you've heard in, in coaching sessions where like, oh, I have this anger. Well, does this anger have a color and a shape? That to me is, is kind of tapping into the feminine. But this kind of coaching, it's called, um, it's based on something called clean language and emergent knowledge. Um, and it's called soul-based coaching. But this kind of coaching takes that even to the next level. All right. So this black sucking hole of anger that you feel. And then it questions the metaphor. Does this black sucking hole of anger want to move? Okay. Mm, Yeah, I feel it moving down through my chest. And now it's it's kind of in my stomach and it, it's like, I feel this monster rearing up out of it. Okay. So this monster rearing up out of this black sucking hole that is now in your stomach. And it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the very masculine, I, I actually equate um, breast and smiles, very masculine coaching. Okay. Boom. Let's get to it. 10 out of like, 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Exactly. Or, um, you know, I haven't experienced him very much at all but like my vision of who tony robbins is as a coach very masculine go get it let's nail it we'll ask the question that gets to the root of the problem then we'll take it out and solve it and we'll it's about results yeah exactly so anyways you 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 asked me how i use this knowledge in my coaching i think it is once again a balance right like i think that within a coaching container. And I know some of my friends ask me like, what is this container word you use, (laughs) right? I hear people say we're in a container and that is basically the space that is created between two people or within a group that is the coaching setting. But within this um, container, there needs to be a leadership. There needs to be banks to this river 
so it doesn't just flow everywhere so that this river does get somewhere rather than just kind of doing a lot of exploration that just kind of seeps out sideways and hopefully you hit something useful. I would also add in the, like, in terms of style flexing, you know, like mm -hmm. sometimes I know, Ooh, this per like this woman is really in her head and I really need to get her into her body. So mm -hmm. I need to lead so that she can stop leading, you know? So, mm, yes. And then there might be a different setting where like somebody's really like, I mostly work with women, but like a woman's like really in her feminine, like can't structure is just not happening. <laughs> so, you know, then there's a different, those mm -hmm. are both kind of more masculine examples, I guess, to an extent, but then I, I need to provide more of this okay, let's find some structure in it, right? When maybe maybe mm -hmm. my first example was also leading something yeah, and a little like, bit more into the feminine. You know, what you said right at the start, this style flexing. Um, first of all, I, I just want to kind of basically share that that is the coach being whatever it is that the client needs, changing up and having this knowledge of the masculine and the feminine, winter, spring, summer, fall, um, having this knowledge of all of these different ways to move within an interpersonal space. Not so that I can say, I've got all of these skills and I can do these things, but it is so that you can be, like you said, whatever the client needs. If the client needs more masculine, we're going to provide some structure and I'm going to run my sessions, you know, from A to Z. Whereas if the client is very much, you know, logical, stuck in the doing, it's like, hey, let's float a little bit. Let's see where we can end up. Um, yeah, so thank you for kind of leading us to this a little bit more clear place of, of how this knowledge comes out in coaching. This is so juicy, Sean. I'm very excited for people to listen to this. Is there a question that you wish somebody would have asked you because you would just love to answer it? Is there a question that I would love for someone to ask? I mean, what comes up for me, and I, I, I could answer this, but is, is actually one of the most beautiful questions I think I have ever heard. And it is... I think a great balance of the masculine and the feminine and this question, God, I wish I could remember the author's name. He wrote a book on vocation, like, you know, what your life is about. And the question that he asks in that book is not, what do you want to do with your life? It is, what is the life that wants to live in you? And I just love this, this reframe of like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not about thinking my way through it. it because therein lies all of the expectations and societal learnings that we have intentionally or unintentionally had put in, in us. Whereas when we can tap in and listen within ourselves. What is the life that wants to live within me? 
mm, that feels different. Mm-hmm. And to answer this question a little bit, since you were asking me a question that I wanted to be asked, <clears throat> I remember I was, I think I must have been 18 or 19. Like it was just after high school. And it was one of these aha moments that quite honestly, I ignored for a long time. I knew it was this key aha moment and I lived it for maybe six months and then I just let it go. And that was that I think that I am here to be an amplifier of people. And what do I mean by that? I mean that I am here to help people remember, like I said at the start, the greatness that is within them. I believe that the change that I will leave in the world is not by, you know, um, directly being the politician or the, the person who created the company that solved, you know, found the cure for cancer. It is being the one that allow, gives the space, helps people remember that, hey, I can solve cancer. And I'll be the one going, yeah, you can solve cancer. Let's get it. I'm the people amplifier. That's, that's the life that wants to live within me. Mm, Beautiful. And how are you setting yourself up to, or setting your life up so that this life can live inside of you? Mm, Beautiful question. It is, I mean, Um, I'm sure your listeners have found the easy thread there of coaching, right? Coaching is, is essentially helping people, um, be themselves and be themselves in their greatness. But how I am setting my life up is finding those people who have that call who say, I'm going to change the world. I say, great. Let's do that. I will be your biggest cheerleader. Some of my clients, you know, are building, uh, actually one of the most beautiful projects is, is um, building schools in third world countries, nothing new, but then connecting those schools in all of these different rural places. She, she's very much like, we're going rural, rural third world countries and then connecting those schools so that they have this shared experience of being rural, but rural in you know, Argentina is different than rural in Zimbabwe, but they speak enough of the same language that then they can take their lessons and translate it for each other. And this is like so beautiful to me, um, changing the world like that. Yeah, finding finding these people, and having and wh- whether or not exactly whether or not they become my clients, I honestly, 
um, like, you know, if they become my clients, great. If not, I still want to help. Like, let's, I can point you to people. I can point you in the, in the right places, or we can just hang out together and we can be great together. You know, mm. I would love to just ask you that question back. If, if anything comes up for you, like what is the life that wants to live in you? Mm. Um, the life that wants to live in me is deep, deep connection and community with other people. It's like true intimacy and not just in, in a romantic or like a sexual way, really like in a just like connecting with people so deeply and mm -hmm. holding space for, for people to really go there. But then also setting my life up in a way in terms of just the community around me that that can be experienced, like also in real life. You know, we do a lot of stuff via zoom now and it's beautiful <laughs> and there's so many benefits to it but to really be present also physically with other people and to almost create this village like i i see like my kids i don't have any kids yet so it's the kids of the future <laughs> that are being raised in in this beautiful community of people and yeah, learning from the wisdom of a lot of people that are holding them. So I guess that's mm. the life that wants to live in me. That's what came through. I hadn't thought about mm. it before. So this was really kind of like a drop in. Yeah. Beautiful. That um, thread of community is so so important and i i agree like online spaces are are great and um community is meant to be lived with touch mm -hmm. be lived with you know hearing the noise of your neighbor i don't know calling their dog when they don't think anybody else is listening yeah. <laughs> um yeah so really beautiful Hmm. Thank you for asking me that. I'm curious how, and maybe you feel the same. I'm going to listen back to it, and then I'm curious what I'll, what I will see receive from what I was just saying. So, it's beautiful. Um, such a beautiful space. Anything Absolutely. else that you want to bring into the space before we? Wrap you know, I could probably keep talking for a long time and you know more and more more keeps coming but I think this is a has been a really beautiful conversation and perhaps we can uh, continue it at another time yes let's do it let's do it I love it thank you Sean thank you for listening to this episode of Sophia on Earth where we talk about what it means to be human if you want to dive deeper, leading from your feminine essence in your relationships and in business, I would love to hear from you and support you on your journey.
You can find all of my one-on-one coaching offers on my website at sophianearth.com or feel free to just reach out to me via Instagram at sophianearth. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Sending you so much love.